Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks a lot to the MoneyWeb team. I am with you until 7 o'clock this evening. My name's Brad Brown, and we'll be chatting all things sport. And we start with uh, stories making the news today. The Rugby World Cup just a few days away. It starts this coming Friday in England. The box continue their preparation ahead of the World Showpiece. Springbok fly-off Andre Pollard says competition for the number 10 jersey between himself, Pat Lambie and Mornay Stain is bringing the best out of him. Pollard started in the number 10 jersey in South Africa's first four matches this year while Lambie was given the honours in their last game against Argentina in Buenos Aires last month. The 21-year-old Bulls pivots not bothered by the competition for that jersey. Pat's been doing very, very well. Um, I've got him quite a few opportunities. I've probably played with more than in the last couple of years. But every time he's come on, he's, he's done a great, great, great job. So Patrick is a, is a great player. I think between him and myself and Mornay, we've got three very different flops. Um, but it's always also good. So we've got a good blend. So whatever the coach decides on Saturday he wants, uh, we've got to bring to the party. Talking of Saturday, that's when the Springboks start their campaign against Japan. And Pollard says the squad's positive ahead of that match and that they've put the international season behind them, especially their first loss against Argentina at home in August. So never nice to play in a game like that. I think all 15 guys, it was 23 guys, felt the same way. Um, but it's, it's behind us and we're just looking forward. Uh, we're in a great shape, we're in a great space at the moment mentally, I feel, as a squad. And we're very positive. In Curry Cup news, Bongi Mbonambi comes in for Scar and Tabini at Hooker in the only change for Western Province in their starting 15 for their match against the Blue Bulls. Nazam Kar, who missed last week's match with the Sharks due to injury, will start from the bench. Absa Premiership has seen its second casualty of the season. Marisburg United parted ways with head coach Mandla Nikazi due to the club's poor start this season. Assistant coach Fadlu Davids will take over uh, the team until the new coach is appointed. We'll chat more about that on this evening's SAFM Sports Wrap as well. Only a handful of tickets left for this weekend's MTN8 final in Port Elizabeth between Ajax Cape Town and Kaiser Chiefs. Less than 6,000 tickets are left, so make sure you get your hands on them if you are planning on going this weekend. Orlando Pirates have arrived back in South Africa. That following their 4-1 loss to Zamalek in the CAF Confederation Cup on Sunday evening. The Buccaneers were hoping to secure top spot in Group B, but it wasn't to be. Pirates coach Eric Tinkler says the loss is a timely wake-up call. If there was a time to lose, I think it was obviously that. Uh, and, and players need to realise, you know, you're playing at a much, much higher level now. The quality that you're playing against is, is very, very good and you need to raise your game. And, and on the day, we didn't do that. You know, could be many reasons behind why that happened. Speaking at Tambo International Airport this morning, Tinkler says he's not worried about playing Al-Akhli in the semis. The two sides last met in the Champions League final in 2013. A clash at the Cairo-based club won 3-1 on aggregate. He says although it won't be easy, he believes his team will be up for it. You know, it's, it's a semi-final. And I think, if anything, it's going to be an extremely tough encounter. You know, it's, it's, it's going back to 2013 when okay. we played our last. Exactly, it's playback time and, and it's something the players always wanted. You know, it's right at the beginning of this competition, they wanted to meet Dalali, and now they get that opportunity, and they've they got to come out and produce the goods. In other football news, Arsenal have confirmed that midfielder Jack Wilshere is to undergo an operation to his left fibula. He'll be out of action for up to three months. A whole host of UEFA Champions League actions look forward to tonight as well. We'll preview that action a little bit later on in the show. On to cricket now. England have included Alex Hales, Zafar Ansari and James Taylor in their test squad for the upcoming Pakistan series, while Adam Leith misses out. All-rounder Ben Stokes has been rested for both ODI and T20 series in the UAE with uh, Joe Root returning. And it was also announced that former international players Paul Collingwood and Mahela Jaya-Wardner will join the English management team in a consultancy role. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat the Africa Games. SAFM Sports Wrap. 
Well, they continue in Brazzaville at the moment, and it was uh, another successful day for Team South Africa. Manfred Seidler joins us now. Manfred, uh, more medals to brag about. Indeed, uh, six already uh, today. Uh, three gold, uh, one one silver, and two bronze. So really, really looking good. And you know, we're thinking that uh, track and field won't be quite able to chase those 58 medals that swimming got. But I don't think they will be able to. It's just not going to happen. But they're doing a, a damn good trying to get there. That's been pretty impressive so far on the track and field side of things. So uh, two goals uh, this morning, uh, or rather three goals today, uh, the first coming courtesy of Lebohang uh, Shange, Daywalker Shange as he calls himself, multiple South African record holder in the 20 kilometre walk, and of course uh, an athlete who went to Beijing, finished 11th there at the World Championships, and very, very comfortably won today. And uh, third bronze medal that went to Wayne Sneeman, so a good, good walk by him. And now it was in the women's 20k walk, she finished fourth. The other medals that are coming through was the shot put uh, F42 final. That was uh, obviously is in the Paris sport. Tyrone Pillay taking that one ahead of Eugene Murray who came back with a bronze there. And a little bit later it was Hilton Langenhoff who came back with a silver in the T12 2 meter final. And Don Don Dozi Ntutu or Jonathan Ntutu uh, picking up the gold there. So that's how it stands in terms of the medals today. There's still a few more events coming up, Brad. But uh, Team South Africa looking pretty good. Then I'm not th- I don't think they're going to catch Egypt in the medal standing because uh, Egypt have got almost 50 medals more than Team South Africa, and it's going to be uh, a tough ask to close uh, close down on those. But uh, it's still a good good rivalry and a good performance there, Brad. Manfred, you mentioned Beijing. Are, are many of the athletes that represented South Africa at those World Championships taking part in uh, in this game? Well, not really. I mean, uh, Wade van Nieke just arrived home today, um, exhausted, finished, extremely tired. Uh, Kani Simbini arrived uh, late last week, also extremely tired. And also Jabodwana did go. Um, he picked up a bit of a stomach injury, so he, uh, after the heat, he withdrew, and his season is, is done. So, uh, yeah, Sunet Fillion also not going. Um, a lot of the guys, uh, Henrico Branke is not going, a lot of the guys who went to the World Champs are not going to the Africa Games, and there's obviously a lot of, a lot of thought about that, a lot of people have got uh, mixed feelings about that, but it's, and it's always a tough one, but no, not, not many of the South Africans uh, who went uh, to Beijing, are, you, you won't find many of them in, in, in uh, Brazzaville right now. Well, the name you mentioned, I wanted to chat a little bit about tonight, uh, we mentioned it in uh, sport yesterday afternoon on PM Live, so Netflix, you're having a, a bit of a public sp- Spat with uh, Saskok and uh, via social media and, uh, and her, her newspaper column as well. She's been pretty scathing in her criticism of Saskok, particularly the uh, Operation Excellence program, or OPEX as it's called. And uh, she's, it's an interesting one, Manfred, because uh, according to her in their code of conduct, the, the contracts that they sign, they're not allowed to actually speak up. And uh, it's, the timing for me is curious. It's a year from Rio. She's just won a, a World Championship gold medal, uh, not gold, bronze. So she's risking a lot a year out from the Olympic Games. Yeah, she, she certainly is risking a lot. And look, But on the flip side, I can't see Saskok leaving her at home. Um, you know, can you imagine the outcry if they did? She fulfills all the criteria, then you, know, you can't leave her at home. So, it, you know, both sides have points, and both sides need to actually just take a step back and have a, have a close look as to how they handle this. It, neither one have done themselves any favors in terms of a PR exercise. So Net obviously, obviously frustrated with what's been going on over the last few years. Um, she's been, you know, she's been 
financially supported quite substantially by, by SASCOC on the operational accident fronts, but the, the policy that SASCOC has in terms of, of you having to submit chits and receipts and so on, it just doesn't work. It's not practical. I understand why they're doing it because they're scared of fraud. Um, but, you know, there's got to be a better way. Um, you know, SASCOC coming out and saying the athletes are ungrateful is also not, not the way to go. It's just, it's a public relations nightmare. And quite frankly, what needs to happen is that the athletes need to turn around and say, okay, this is what we need, this is what we require. SASCOC needs to turn around and say, this is what we can give you, and that's it. The rest is up to you. Because bearing in mind, you know, one of the comments she made is that, you know, all the youngsters coming through, how can they get through anyway? That's not a SASCOC problem. SASCOC are looking after the elite athletes. That's their responsibility. The development at a, young, at a, at a, at a, at a lower level and a younger level that's the federation, that's the provincial federations, and it's quite frankly also the schools. That's where it starts, not with Saskok. So, you know, that's a little bit of a, an unfair unfair comment to make by Sonette. And I, get, I, I completely understand that she's frustrated because, you know, one of the comments she made was there's no money for, for, for a medical and so on and so forth. And maybe that needs to be re-looked re- at. Custis Amani was taken off OPEX when she needed it the most. Um, you know, when your elite athletes are in trouble... Um, sponsorship vanishes and you know that's when you would need an OPEX to look after your medical side of things for example by the same token without OPEX we would not have had six medals at their London Olympic Games so you know there there, there are two sides to this and I think this bears a lot lot more investigating Brad but yeah it's it's a PR nightmare on both sides yeah I agree with you Manfred it's uh, I think uh, and I hate to quote him but as Dr. Full says there's a uh, there's three sides to every story, so we, indeed we'll keep your side, my side, and somewhere in the middle, the truth. <laughs> we'll we'll keep an eye on that story, but uh, yeah, interesting indeed. And uh, I don't think we've heard the end of it, particularly with uh, lots of allegations about corruption and uh, what's going on at management level. Uh, it's sad indeed, and and I understand exactly where Sinetful Yun's coming from as well. So, Manfred Seidler, thank you very much for that. We'll chat again tomorrow afternoon. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll find out what's going on at. United. This Thursday on Top Billing, bowling legend Dale Stain joins us up the Choby River for a spot of fishing. Dazzling model Tando Hopper rocks Hat Johan Kutzia's new bridal collection. Whether it's his children or the artists on his new album, Fortune Messina loves a big family. Plus, the Albion Ailey American Dance Theatre is in South Africa. Don't miss Top Billing this Thursday night at 7.30. Repeat Sunday at 12.30. Find it on 3. In the September issue of Public Sector magazine, we focus on conversations with leaders, international relations, and women in public sector. We focus on one of the events covered, the Future of Empowerment Conference, happening later this month at Gallagher Convention Center, and unpack triple B double E. For more information, log on to topco.co.za or safm.co.za. Public Sector magazine, available at leading retail stores. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and as you heard on PM Live this afternoon, it's uh, been quite an eventful day, Maritzburg United today. And uh reason being is uh, the club and former coach, uh, Mandla Ntkiza, parting ways. And uh, we're joined now by club manager, Quinton Jetu. Quinton, welcome on to, to the show. Not not the best of starts for uh, Maritzburg United this season. Uh, it's still early days in the season. The decision to, to, to part ways with the coach, uh, a bit rash or, or not so in your opinion? Firstly, good evening to you and good evening to all your listeners. 
Uh, on the issue of the coach, I think, uh, yeah, it's always a difficult one about timing, uh, whether it's the right time or not the right time. But uh, obviously, the club, uh, after Saturday's results, uh, the directors, the chairman, together with the directors, had sat, uh, sat down, had a meeting with us, and obviously had a meeting with the coach yesterday, uh, and carried uh, uh, on to this morning. And uh, after the meeting, uh, both parties decided that the best way forward for the club would be to part ways amicably and allow Manla Nagazi uh, to uh, continue on his coaching reins and obviously for the club to look for somebody else to, uh, to take uh, charge. Quinton, it has been quite a, a tough transition for, for the club, obviously losing Steve Compella to uh, to Kaiser Chiefs. It, it's it's always difficult starting the season with a new coach. It's someone who's who's been involved with the team under under Steve Compella as well. So I, I guess you are hoping for that continuity, but uh, out of five matches, the season four losses is just not good enough, is it? Yeah, that's uh, there for everybody to see. It's in the open. I mean, the results, uh, well, I don't think we were playing that badly. Um, obviously, uh, unfortunately, football judges and results, and uh, the results are not forthcoming. And uh, the club had to make a decision together with the coach. And, uh, yeah, in the decision, I think the transition was uh, a bit difficult uh, for, for Mandela to, to, to take, uh, take over. But uh, I think lessons learned, and obviously... Uh, we have to find a way forward now and ensure that we get out and get off the bottom of the table. I don't think we're a team that deserves to be there. So we've got to just put all our energies into that and uh, try and steer the club in the right direction. Let's talk about the way forward. The assistant coach, Fadu Davis, will be taking over. No no news yet of, of who a possible replacement for Mandela could be? No, I think it's too early. I think uh, we only, uh, this decision only was taken this morning. And uh, to say that there's anybody in the running at this point would be would be uh, pre-empty, and I don't want to preempt anything. I think Fadlu will uh, just take charge of the team as we go, and hopefully in the next uh, couple of days we can find someone that we feel is suitable for the club and has the same reason of, uh, as the club and wants to and, and is available to take the job. But obviously for a team to perform, the players need to be in, in a good mental space. How how they dealt with uh, with this, this morning's decision? I think it was a bit somber, and uh, obviously I don't think anybody wants uh, somebody to lose their job. So there's obviously a somber reaction, but uh, they're back at training this afternoon, all switched on, and uh, they had a training session this afternoon under Fadlu, and they'll continue to do that uh, for the rest of the week in preparation for our match next week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's still, like I said, early days in the season, only five games in, but uh, sitting at the bottom of the log, it's not where you want to be. A lot, lot of work to, to not, I mean, Maritzburg doesn't want to be fighting for relegation. They want to be challenging for top eight spots. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think we uh, we proved that last season that uh, we we were capable of getting into the into the top eight, and uh, we want that continue continuity of the club and want to be up there, uh, trying to push into the top eight positions. It's not going to be easy, but I think uh, everybody's focused and uh, looking to move the club in the right direction and get off the foot of the table. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, Stuart Baxter obviously didn't have the best of times in Turkey. What, what are the chances of getting him back to South Africa for, for Marisburg United? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I'm, I can't comment on that. I think, uh, I think Stuart uh, said publicly that he wants to take a sabbatical for a while and uh, make a return. I, I'm not sure uh, in terms of any, any particular names at this point. I think we'll meet uh, between tomorrow, Thursday and Friday and obviously look at the options. We'll keep an eye on the story. Quinton Jetu, manager of Maritzburg United, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Much appreciated, and we look forward to chatting again soon. SAFM Sports Wrap.
Well, you heard it here first. Stuart Baxter's not going to Maritzburg United. I wonder, what are the chances? Sean Bartlett, is he looking for a job? We'll have to wait and see. Watch that one very, very closely indeed. Time now to take a look at uh, Champions League action this evening. There's actually lots of games to look forward to over the next two days. There's eight in all happening uh, this evening. And we're joined now by uh, football journalist Irfan Adam. Irfan, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Nice to, nice to chat again. Uh, some good footy to look forward to tonight. The Manchester City-Juventus game uh, should be an absolute cracker. Good evening, Brad, and to the listeners. Yes, that's actually the standout fixture for tonight in my book. Uh, a lot of interesting subplots. Manchester City obviously starting the season like a house on fire. Five games in the Premier League, five wins and no goals conceded. Would you imagine that at, after the end of last season? And uh, the same thing with Juventus. Not the most convincing of starts to this season. Uh, they needed a late penalty at the weekend to secure a draw, which uh, would have saved them the embarrassment of three successive defeats. So, yeah, a lot of interesting subplots in that game uh, between Manchester City and Juventus. Yeah, City going to be tough to beat at the at the Etihad tonight. Uh, but uh, their crosstown rivals, Manchester United, travelling to PSV this evening. They're going to be without uh, Wayne Rooney. He's picked up a bit of an injury. It should be a great match, that one as well. Yeah, it's uh, almost as if uh, it's the teacher against the student tonight uh, with Louis van Gaal coming up against his old protege in Philippe Cocu. Uh, also the Memphis Depay factor. While uh, Rooney obviously make, uh, Rooney's absence making the, the headlines, a Memphis return to PSG uh, is something to look forward to. Uh, he's spoken about his desire to celebrate once he scores a goal. We know footballers don't necessarily tend to celebrate they score against their former clubs, uh, but uh, Memphis, uh, the enigma that he is, uh, has opted to celebrate should he score, and uh, he'll need to score given United's impotency in front of goal of late. Uh, it's uh, interesting to see whether Anthony Martial will get a start, uh, given his impressive cameo at the weekend. So yeah, a lot riding in that clash between uh, PSV and uh, Manchester United. Both teams will be eager for a good start given their absence from the Champions League over the past season. Yeah, you talk about the absence, but uh, a team who, who had a pretty good Champions League last season was Real Madrid. They host Shakhtar Donetsk, and uh, if you look at uh, one of the big names for Real, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's coming, uh, I don't want to say off a, uh, another great uh, patch of form, because he seems to always be in form, but his uh, goal-scoring prowess continues, and he's going to be tough to stop tonight. Funny enough, you, you mentioned that uh, with the start of La Liga, he hadn't scored in two games, and many pundit uh, called it a bit of a drought. Myself, being a Ronaldo fan, uh, knew it was just a minor blip in form, and he responded emphatically with five goals over the weekend. But uh, a lot of question marks hanging over the head of uh, Rafael Benitez. He came in to replace Carlo Ancelotti, and uh, we know that Ancelotti will always be held in high esteem at Real, having secured that much vaunted La Decima uh, two years ago. And uh, Rafael Benitez is not uh, the, 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 the fan's favorite, uh, I must say, at the Bernabeu, uh, having replaced Ancelotti. But he certainly comes in with title credentials. I mean, he won the La Liga title with Valencia, breaking the Barcelona, Real Madrid, Duopoli. And uh, let's not forget uh, what he did at Liverpool, uh, guiding them to that famous victory in Istanbul in 2005. I'm sure your producer would love to replicate that memories. It's, it's an interesting one that you mentioned uh, Liverpool because and, and Rafa Benitez just with, with, with the sort of pressure that he is under at the moment and the story today is that he's rejecting uh, Steven Gerrard's claim that he never liked the former Liverpool, uh, Liverpool captain during his time as, as manager at Anfield it, it, it concerns me that he's getting caught up in the sideshow of things that aren't actually football related, is that something that concerns you? 
definitely so because I mean it's uh, the, uh, Real Madrid are coming off a trophyless season, a very trophyless season, and the last thing they'd want is their manager to be embroiled in a war of words with a former captain uh, who so inspirationally motivated his team to win that final in Istanbul. So I, I don't. I, I would love to know the fans, the thoughts of Liverpool fans, given that because uh, we know that the Benitez Gerard relationship in that particular Champions League was inspirational, and uh, yeah, getting embroiled in a war of words with a former captain is not the ideal preparation. He should be focused on the task at hand. Given the fact that they're playing Shakhtar Donetsk, not the easiest of teams playing against the Ukrainians, they come with a, a, a whole host of Brazilians who actually made their names at uh, Shakhtar, looking to impress in the Champions League given that uh, they also head into the Champions League for the first time, I think, in nine seasons, not as Ukrainian champions. So, yeah, totally unnecessary from Rafa Benitez. Out of all of tonight's fixes, which would you say is the pick, and which way do you see that one going? Man City, Juve should be the pick, and I see Man City easing to a victory. Uh, Juve have uh, lost the stability, let's put it there. I, I would use the word stability, given the departures of Andrea Pirlo, uh, Carlos Tevez, as well as Arturo Vidal, so often seen as symbols of their success over the past few seasons, now departing. And uh, the likes of uh, Paul Pogba certainly need to impress. We know that City was linked with a move for that uh, talented Frenchman. Uh, and uh, how he impresses against Yaya Toure tonight in the heart of the midfield will surely be one to keep an eye on. Kick-off in all of those. Quarter to nine this evening. Looking forward to it. Irfan Adam, thank you so much once again for your time and your insights on UEFA Champions League football. Enjoy those games this evening and we look forward to catching up again soon. It's always a pleasure. I'm looking forward to our next chat already. Coming up next on SAFM Sports Wrap, we're going to chat paddling. It was another fantastic weekend for South Africa's Hank McGregor. You're listening to Sport on SAFM. The next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to SAFM Sports Trap. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can SMS us 34701. SMS is charged at one rand. You can also pop us a tweet or find us on Facebook. Just search for SAFM Sports Trap. Well, this past weekend was uh, another incredible one for South African Marathon. Canoeing world champion Hank McGregor. He arrived back home yesterday in South Africa following the World Marathon Champs' sixth world title to his name. Ended up winning uh, gold in the K1 and then picked up a uh, silver as well in an incredibly thrilling race in Hungary this past weekend. He joins us now. Hank, welcome on to uh, Sports Wrap and congratulations on uh, first your world title and that uh, silver as well. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Hank, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Your third uh, successive K1 title. Uh, it's one thing winning one world championship, but to be at the top of your sport for that long is, is something special. You must be particularly proud of this one. No, I, I definitely am. Uh, I'm truly honoured, uh, uh, firstly, to, to fly the South African flag high and, and obviously uh, to retain my world title for the third consecutive year. And, yeah, to put the uh, sixth world title in the bag, um, sixth senior title, and uh, to finish a close close second um, in the doubles in the last, like, dying uh, 10, 10 metres. Uh, my partner never gave up for Jasper Mocker. And, uh, yeah, we, unfortunately, we couldn't defend a, a world K2 title, but... A close second uh, was a, was a worthy challenge. Yeah? Now, I actually watched a replay of that K2 race this morning uh, on YouTube, and I have never seen anything like that in my life. It was it was absolutely thrilling. It was I think it was probably uh, hard luck that you you did miss out and, and you narrowly got the silver. But what uh, I mean, you can't ask for for a better race than that. I mean, that's what you train and, and dream of. Even though you weren't uh, uh, victorious on that day, those races are, are what you dream of. Yeah, for sure. It's um 
you know, every uh, youngster obviously uh, would love to uh, one day represent his country and, and, and have a, a thrilling end sprint for, for the for the title of world champion. And um, I managed to do that uh, two days in a row. And unfortunately, it didn't go our way on the, on the second attempt. But um, one thing's for sure, everyone said it was the most entertaining two hours of racing that they've watched for the last uh, for the last year. So. I'm glad I, was, I could make it entertaining, and, and we tried our hardest. Um, but yeah, we, a close second, like I say, is obviously better than third, but not as good as first. And it just means we're going to have to train harder and, and get back there next year to uh, to try and see if we can re- regain that title. You know? Hang on, love that's fighting talk. You you've been around for a while. You uh, no disrespect to you, but you're no spring chicken anymore. You've uh, been around the block and you've raced for a long, long time. But uh, you're obviously nowhere close to to giving up just yet. Uh, people ask me a question year in and year out, and um, you know I, I love the sports and, uh, and I'm really passionate about paddling. And um, you know when when young people and, and people around the world send you messages from different continents and saying that you're an inspiration to to us and, and to the youth, then you know it just it just inspires me to to keep doing it. You know, and, and obviously if I'm still at the top of my game. It's, it's just encouraging to train harder and, and to defy the odds just maybe one more time, you know. And uh, right now I'm, I'm holding that title and I'm not necessarily going to give it away <laughs> like a lucky draw, you know. <laughs> Hank, you, you talk about the support from, from around the world. One thing I noticed this weekend, and I, I don't know if it's just me, but it's probably the first time I've, I've really seen the support, particularly on social media following this World Championships, that the support that you received from back home must have must have been a big boost for you going into this one. No, for sure. Um, actually, I, I spoke to my wife uh, just prior to uh, to me getting on the water for the for the Taiwan the individual race, and she said, um, you know, just remember that uh, you know she's actually at my my mother's house, and uh, my, my one-year-old boy was watching, and he can recognise you on the TV, and and they put it on live stream through the TV, and like I say, when I had those low moments in the race, I just remembered all the people that are sitting there and, and watching and shouting for me. And uh, you know, it was, I think it's just it's just one of those things. You know, it's not always just about yourself. You know, you're doing it for more than for, for more than yourself. And, and all those people that are supporting me, you know, just encouraged me to just push that a little bit more. And, and it was enough for me to uh, to get back and obviously uh, and, and defend the title. You know, so uh, it was one for everyone. You know, that was out there. You know, that it's not always just about yourself. You know. This was obviously your your big goal for for 2015. But what's next on the cards, Frank McGregor? I'm back on here for just less than two weeks, and I, I get off to Tahiti to, um, <laughs> to actually fly around the world to race the World Championships uh, for the Sesky World Championships after the Sesky World Championships. So it's, uh, I don't have that title. I'd love to have it. Um, it's held by um, a countryman, Sean Ross, and uh, he truly deserved it uh, two years ago. And, I'd love to, to take the title, but um, there's a lot of water between now and then, so uh, we'll have to see. Um, and then as soon as that race is finished, I'll get, get back home, 50 hours flying, and um, I'm here for 24 hours, and I'll, I'll off to the Fish River Climax and to try and see if I can defend the uh, K2 title that I've held for the last uh, 10 years. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> and, and Left on the card. I was going to say, and people think it, uh, it must be easy to be a sportsman for a living. No, for sure. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it might sound glamorous, but I can tell you now that it, it was definitely, uh, how would you say, it was, it was nice to watch. Um, 
and I had front row seats watching it, uh, watching it all unfold. But I can tell you now, it's not easy. It's not easy, and it's definitely tough and it hurts. And I think it just makes it that much more rewarding when you come out on top. Well, Hank, enjoy the time at home with the family. It's well deserved. Uh, congratulations once again from all of us here at SAFM, and uh, good luck for that uh, the trip to today. It's going to be a fabulous race. We'll be keeping an eye on that one too. And who knows, we could be chatting to you after that one as uh, World Surski Champion. Well, I can only say uh, uh, it would be fantastic, but uh, like I said, there's lots, lots between now and then. So um, I'll, uh, I'll hold thumbs and thanks very much. World Cup back. Winners in the five or six nations tournaments have reached the semi-finals at least five of the Rugby World Cups that happened in the same year. There are many things that make South Africa unique, but none are as, as precious as our heritage. SAFM, treasuring our country's rich heritage. SAFM Sports Wrap. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited with the Rugby World Cup. Just uh, a couple of days away, the box get their campaign underway on Saturday against Japan. Interesting article on Sport24 today from Sport24's Herman Morstedt. Taking a look at the number of players that are playing for their adoptive countries uh, at the World Cup that are South African-born. And interestingly enough, there's enough to field another team uh, at that World Cup this year. And uh, I'll run through the list quickly of uh, South African-born players that are playing for various countries. For France, Rory Cockett at Scrum Half and Scott Spedding, fullback, as well as Bernard Leroux on the flank. Scotland, Josh Strauss, former Lions, eighth man, VPNL, former Western Province uh, prop as well. Uh, England, uh, Brad Barrett playing in the centre. Ireland's uh, Richard Strauss, his cousin, uh, will be playing for the Springboks. Uh, Japan, uh, Kataro Matsushima, who, although he doesn't sound South African, he was born here, he completed his schooling in Japan. Dario uh, Cristolini playing for Italy, as well as Quinton Geldenace for the US. Niku Kruger uh, is playing for them. DTH Fanamadva playing for Canada. For Romania, Johannes Fanamadva, Namibia. Uh, Ronaldo Bortman as well as uh, Heinrich Smith playing for our neighbours as well. So interestingly, 15 players. Uh, it's yeah, it's interesting to see. And I, I wonder if you had to do analysis on a team like Australia or New Zealand, how many uh, players born in those countries are playing for other nations at this year's World Cup. So interesting indeed. We'll have live coverage of that World Cup throughout the tournament here on SAFM, as well as all of SABC's radio stations, and you can catch some games on TV as well. Until tomorrow, I'm Brad Brown. Back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Janet Whitten will have sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Don't forget you can be in touch. Coming up next, it is the talk show. But before then. It's time for your news at 7 o'clock.